0: Once again, when our clients are trained and, you know, we have like 10 to 12 modules, when they have that expertise, you know, they just don't, you know, forget about it and start originating other products. They continue to originate those products and then they'll continue to originate the normal, you know, standard agency products. So if it's someone that's doing these by decline, not by design, then, you know, they're going to go back to the agency and forget about 9QM. But, you know, we spend a lot of time with our clients to make sure that They become experts, and this is a part of their business, a major part of their business.
1: Hey, folks, I'm Clayton Collins, CEO of HW Media and your host for the Housing News Podcast. Our guest today is Tom Davis, the Chief Sales Officer of Deep Haven Mortgage. Tom spends his time working very closely with wholesale and correspondent sales leaders, as well as working really closely with clients of Deep Haven, which we really dig into today and understand how he and his team work directly with originators across the country. In this episode, we talk about the housing market inventory and inflation, a brief conversation about the health of the U S banking system. And we don't bore you too much with talk about Silicon Valley bank. We talk about non QM dynamics, What Tom and the Deep Haven team learned from the capital markets disruption that we saw at several points over the last three years, and what his institution has done to repair and improve the organization to be more successful in future environments. Tom also shares his month over month and period over period lock metrics. Listen really closely. There's some big successes happening here, and there's a lot to learn from this conversation with Tom Davis, Chief Sales Officer at Deep Haven Mortgage all right folks we got tom davis the chief sales officer at deep haven tom thanks for taking time out of this crazy week crazy market crazy news cycle to to join us for an episode of housing news
0: thanks for having me clay i appreciate you you guys have me on today
1: no worries man you uh, play it such an important part of our industry right now in the in the non-QM segment. I'm excited to go into some of the the dynamics in non-QM. I kind of want to start out talking about the housing market. We're recording this on Tuesday morning, um, and we just got CPI data. in. I know uh, some of our journalists have covered it. Logan Motoshami out there talking about it. We actually might be seeing a little bit of cooling inflation right now. I think the number that we wrote about this morning is CPI rose – Six percent on a last twelve month basis compared to six point four in January and you know for everyone that's uh you know an interest rate watcher it seems like watching uh inflation might be one of the the most important metrics out there for understanding what to expect in the uh the thirty year fixed rate mortgage market is that is that a an industry data point that you keep a close eye on or are there other data sources that, that you spend more time uh, keeping an eye on and talking to your production teams about?
0: Yeah, no, definitely that's uh, one of the data points. We're always looking at, you know, a lot of different items, uh, you know, for Nike qm we're looking at swap data as well. And, um, yeah, there's just a lot of economic news coming out, especially over the weekend. Uh, definitely have our eyes and our capital markets team do a phenomenal job, you know, uh, keeping uh, us uh through uh in this volatile market keeping us you know well positioned to take advantage of it you know and, and keep us protected in these these market environments
1: yeah this week is this weekend was wild like just watching the the silicon valley bank and signature Bank news i won't bore our audience with another podcast out there about svb i think there's been 500 of them published already and by the time we hit publish on this in 36 hours i'm sure there'll be be, be some more news but um I, I know there's like rhetoric happening in the industry right now that this, you know, this bank shakeup, like nobody's nobody's rooting for it by any means, but uh it is something to watch as we think about what how the Fed will interpret some of this uh this damage that may have been imposed on the financial system and uh if it if it influences the uh interest rate hikes that we can anticipate for in the in the next next week and then the in the in the month after that
0: yeah we're we're uh we're definitely watching it closely uh um you know i think uh you know uh rates have come down some we'll see if they they stay there but you know i think the fundamentals of you know of banking and mortgage banking are the same you know just you know i think these are some isolated you know uh kind of events and you know for us right now we're just heads down business as usual you know, and and uh, trying to you know serve our clients and serve our customers, and you know, uh, and and help them you know in in these times.
1: Yeah, I think yeah, you're right. A lot of the fundamentals are the same. I, I have heard some industry talk that if we see pressure on depositories. And I think depositories were positioned as being a potential big winner in 2023 and 2024, as we see so much um, housing wealth built up and, and so much equity for, for homeowners that the depositories who are you know maybe best positioned to help with home equity and renovation loans and lines of credit might be um, housing finance winners. But uh, I feel like there might you know, if we have continued pressure on the depository ecosystem, this could be, a you know, another year where IMBs and traditional mortgage banks might have a have a leg up.
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh, been hearing from, uh, you know, banks out there with, you know, they're trying to drive deposits. You know, we're seeing some deposits leave some of the banks and that's a big focus for them. And, you know, last year, I think, you know, the last couple of years, a lot of the banks, you know, loaded up on, you know, mortgage and, you know, fill their portfolios. And some of these guys are full. So uh, they're looking for other exits and alternative products, you know, to, uh, you know, to to add to their offering because, they, you know, they're limited on what they can put in their portfolio. So I think, you know, you know, we've seen it um, and uh, I think it's a great opportunity for, you know, the others that are in the space to pick up share.
1: Yeah. Our newsroom has covered non-QM so closely over the the last few years as we just saw. This massive demand from our origination audiences on any news or information related to product innovation or new products to help expand their origination suite, especially as we started to see volume start to shift and. In 2022, so that, you know that brings me bridges us into a topic that I won't really want to get your perspective on. You know, I have I have my viewpoints, but love to hear your view. Or so, what are some of the market conditions that that really support a, a thriving non-QM market?
0: Right. So look, you know, just like agency borrowers, you know, there's non-agency borrowers in the uni- in every single town in the United States, right? So you know, if you look two years, you know, last year, the year before when the market was a 4 trillion 4.2 4.3 trillion kind of market you know everyone had you know all this refi business right i think you know a couple of years back in q1 of 21 um you know the the market 75% of the market was refinance right in q1 of this year i think it's like 20 less than 20 or 25% so it's kind of flip flop so originators are having to find um you know alternative uh, revenue streams and serve the underserved you know market uh and uh and pay attention to borrowers that don't fit the agency box and you know they're great borrowers when you look at the loan characteristics of these borrowers you're at a 72 ltv on average low 30 dti's you know high 740 fico so good quality borrowers uh well-heeled borrowers uh you know the non-agency market serves the self-employed you know we have a a near record amount of self-employed folks throughout you know the united states and that continue that trend is gonna is uh you know expected to continue you have investors you know in every town in the united states new investors all the way to you know seasoned investor professional investors you have credit event borrowers as well high, high income borrowers uh, folks with, uh, assets that could qualify. So there's, there's this, this, uh, this group of borrowers out there that just doesn't fit the agency box. And that doesn't mean that they're not a good borrower. So, um, we're seeing originators across the country adopt these products in a massive way, uh, over the last, let's call it six months. And, you know, we're seeing a lot of our future or leading indicators of volume are showing that as well. And so, um, you know we expect the market to continue to grow in in a in a big way
1: interesting so i wasn't even thinking about this as i prep for the episode but but last week i interviewed kurt carlton the president and co-founder at uh at new western and kurt was talking about the so new new western kind of primarily a marketplace for for value add investment properties so like they are seeing kind of a changing demographic in the the folks that are buying investment properties through New Western and this really big um kind of wave building of of Gen Z buyers who are buying investment properties pretty you know early in their wealth accumulation years and kind of this uh this change in uh, we saw so many of the i buyers and institutional buyers sucking up a lot of the inventory and in, like uh, uh investment inventory of the last few years. And as they've kind of taken their foot off the gas, you see like the the long tail of buyers coming back in. Is that a do you see that long tail of like new investors coming into the real estate investment ecosystem? Or like how how do you kind of see that that population growing or or not?
0: yeah I, I think i think the new investors you know uh, first time investors uh you know that you know experienced investors they see this market as an opportunity uh you know in order to qualify for a cash flow program you know what, what we require is that they ratio or cash flow and you know if the, and we want a payment of at least let's call it you know a ratio of 1 so if, if the payment all in is let's call it a a thousand dollars right and you know the cash flow is over a thousand then they could qualify and uh and and purchase an investment property so uh it's it's uh the 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 dscr debt service coverage ratio program is one of the fastest growing or you know products in the non-qm space and you know um even with some of the the agency lopas recent uh, you know adjustments to, to to let's call it um Second homes and treating them as investment properties—that's kind of made you know the non-QM DSCR programs and you know more attractive as well. So, some of the agency changes are, are pushing you know those kind of investors and you know second home buyers to the the non-agency or non-QM space. So, well, we've seen a, an uptick over the last year in the DSCR you know space.
1: Home price affordability and, uh, prices overall have gotten so many headlines in the last few years. And, you know, the, some of the like potential investment properties and rentals I've looked at, I just can't get the math to, to work out right now on, on being able to meet DSCR in, in some parts of the countries. Have you seen, uh, like, the home price appreciation as a as a headwind to like qualification on DSCR products or are people finding opportunities that where the math sketches out?
0: Yeah, there's there are different markets or pockets that, you know, qualification is a little bit tighter. Um there's certain areas that are, you know, are great opportunities. Um and then there look there's product features that can help qualify. You know, in the non-chem space, you have arms, you have third, you know, 40-year terms, you have interest only so there's there's ways to qualify you know the investor is is interested in cash flow right so if you get a a 40-year term or an io you know they're really concerned about the cash flow depending on what their uh let's call it their strategy is whether it's a you know uh you know if it's if it's a fix and flip you know it's they're going to have a different approach than someone that's going to want to hold a property for three to five years and the folks that are holding properties for longer periods, or that's our strategy, you know, when they go to buy these properties, they want to make sure that, you know, it's it's cash flowing, right? So I would say, you know, uh, you know, some of the headwinds in the, the investor space, definitely the, um, you know, uh, if you have home, uh, the appreciation is actually values are coming down and then rents are coming down. Those are a couple headwinds that you know investors don't really like especially if you're in a declining market and then then um you know if, if you're doing a, a ratio under one that's something that you know in tandem with those other you know uh, factors that i mentioned you know investors kind of shy away from it so we're seeing you know uh as far as you know investors wanting the product in the secondary market the, you know they want you know something that's actually cash flowing over one right if you're going to invest money in something right wouldn't you want to invest in a in an asset that's that is positive cash flow versus negative cash flow, right? So you know you're seeing some of that in the secondary market.
1: Yeah, interesting. So all right, so we talked about a little bit about the the headwinds on the the mortgage origination sphere. So if you were a refi focused lender, um, things aren't looking too pretty right now. Even if you're purchase focused, your volume's down quite a bit. So we have lending executives, investors and originators all all hunting for volume. So those origination execs or originators that are looking for volume, how aware are they of non-QM today and then what are like what are the hurdles that you face in like bringing, you know, conventional lenders into your e- ecosystem?
0: I think that's where Deep Haven really uh, specializes. Deep Haven has been in the space since 2012, a pioneer in the space. We've done uh, over 20 plus securitizations. We have the ability to securitize the ability to, you know, the portfolio and the funds uh, that are that you know, that our parent manages uh, or that are part of our our, our ecosystem. So, um, you know, there's there's um, you know, when you look at you know the the uh, uh, originators out there, right? Uh, A lot of these guys have strategies and we always ask them, what is your non-QM strategy? Do you have a non-agency strategy? And if they don't, then we spend time with them to understand their business model, what markets they're in. And then we come up with a game plan and then we spend time with them and invest a lot of time with them to help them become market experts. And it, it allows them to recruit talent, retain talent, allows them to if they allow us to invest in their platform and help them to become market experts, it allows them to, you know, uh, uh, seek new referral partners that maybe they haven't, you know, targeted in the past, right? Uh, you know, the realtor is a prime example if realtors are self-employed 1099 right those are bank statement loans those realtors are also you know let's call it investors those are dscr loans those realtors work with contractors they work with builders they work with ta- ta- uh, title insurance uh they work with uh you know roofers etc right those are more self-employed borrowers right um then you know teaching the, the 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 originators on the product is extremely important uh, when we survey our clients we're doing about 150 webinars a month with our clients and when we survey our clients they tell us about 70% of our um, of, of the originators are not doing or haven't ever done a non-QM loan so only you know a third of the originators in the market have done it so we, we do a lot of training around the products, deep dives into their products. And then we do a lot of training around sourcing. You know, i mentioned the realtors, you know, CPAs and accountants. Those are a great place to find self-employed borrowers, which are your bank statement, you know, deals. Uh, we teach our, our clients to work with in every, you know, local town, there's a Marriott or Hilton and there's a RIA, a real estate investment club. They meet once a month and they talk about, you know, their investment strategies and, and that's a great place to, to go and present your DSER program, right? Uh, credit event borrowers working with bankruptcy attorneys; those are other avenues. So, uh, you know, wealth managers are a great place to to talk to, you know, high net to 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 uh, sell the asset utilization where the borrower just qualifies on assets and they don't have to pledge their assets. So, teaching them these other referral partners outside of just the realtor right? Or just, uh, you know, targeting refinance business, right? How, how to build new relationships. And if they're really good at what they do, just like in any other profession, Clayton, you know, whether it's a wealth advisor an a planner a surgeon, you know, if you're really good at what you do, people will seek you to do business with you. Yeah. And that same thing goes for the loan officer. If you're really good at, at helping, you know, borrowers fit in the loan programs that that help, you know, the, the realtor put more borrowers into homes, help them, you know, buy more investment properties, and you're known as a market expert. People will seek you if you're really in, and it allows you to differentiate yourself from all the other originators, right? Um, it's a great way to get in front of realtors. If the, the loan officers are not experts at, at on these products, we go to the extra mile and we do a lot of white label presentations. We'll we'll, we'll take the presentation give it to our customer. They'll put their NMLS uh, number, their logo on there, and then we'll present on their behalf. They don't even know it's a deep haven, you know, let's call it trainer. And now we're driving business to our clients. And, you know, for every 10 realtors that we present to is what we see, we get a a deal from a realtor. So we had a, a, you know, one of our clients this weekend did one with 30 realtors and he picked up three deals. And, All those were real. The realtors wanted to use the product for their own, you know, investment properties. So, um, you know, just understanding, you know, uh, you know the uh, the products, the 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 features, leveraging the products, and where to go find those those products and those those uh, you know those type of borrowers um, definitely gives the uh, those originators an an edge. And and for and if you're not doing non-QM right, and you're an originator or Uh, or an IMB in your local market, I can promise you your competitors are originating non-QM and they're soliciting your referral base and your realtors with these products. And And you're allowing them to penetrate relationships that you have if you don't have these products.
2: Success might look different this year, but it's out there for those willing to work for it. That's why 2023's Gathering of Eagles will focus on forging opportunities, the perfect chance for industry leaders to take a proactive approach to continually move the needle in their businesses and the real estate industry at large. Gathering of Eagles will bring together the nation's top residential real estate CEOs, presidents, and C level leadership teams to grow, network, and set the pace for what's next in our industry. 2023's GOE is at Omni Barton Creek Resort in the Rolling Hill Country of Austin, Texas from June 18th until the 21st. Learn more and register your spot on the events page at Realtrends.com. And we can't wait to see you in Austin.
1: So Tom, on, on go to market, like you're talk right now, you're talking about working directly with originators in local markets and like that, that example of like going in and doing a sales demo is awesome. Um, But at the, like to get inside of a lending institution, like do you need to go, do you, like do you like go straight to like the corporate level and develop like correspondent or wholesale relationships? Like, how, what's what's the relationship?
0: Sure, yeah. So what makes uh, Deepave once again unique in the space is we have the ability to offer wholesale, non-delegated, not uh, delegated or delegated with pre closed review. We have multiple delivery options, and we help serve uh, you know service the client where they want to do business, right? Some look, you know, we're working with all the top originators in the country, the top home builders in the country. We work with small brokers and uh, bankers in rural Wyoming to, you know, once again, the largest originators in the country. And, you know, everyone has a different need. A lot of these branches are, you know, in, uh, you know, might be uh, in different locations or geos or serve different borrowers. So. Uh, we first, you know, work at the executive level, get them approved, understand their needs. And then we're really hands on with each branch and developing, you know, what their opportunity is. So, if, you know, if, if they want to target investors and we help them, you know, target investors, if they we help them want to target, you know, uh, you know, bank statement loans. Right. Then we help them target bank statement loans. For example, we have a client that has a part time loan officer who happens to be a CPA. We you know, educated him on the bank statement program how to qualify. and now he's presenting to his network of CPAs, and now he's the bank statement guy for like 30 CPAs in his state.
1: That specialization doesn't surprise me. I had a, the chance to go um, speak at the Open Mortgage Sales Rally two weeks ago, and like they're they're an impressive organization at like with their the kind of fifty percent coverage of the reverse product, and then a, a strong per, forward business. Um, but I was surprised to learn that their originators specialize, despite like the organization having these two strong capabilities. You got the reverse folks, and you got the the forward folks. So when you look across your your client base do you see a lot of examples like that originator you just mentioned who has the LO who's a, who's also a CPA who specializes in bank statement or do you see originators that are you know built building up their Swiss army knife of skills and they you know they do their conformings they do their refis they do their guvies they do their non QMs
0: yeah i i would say you know i'm a big believer uh doing non QM not by decline but by doing it by design Right. Uh, a lot of folks start in non-QM. They have a, dec- a loan that's been declined. It's on the conveyor belt. Right. It falls off. They don't know what to do with it. So they put it back on. We help them with that process. Um, and so we put them back on. We get them, you know, the loan closed. Right. You know, that works. But what we like to do is teach our, 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 our partners how to do them by design, how to actually seek those borrowers, how to specialize in those, you know, those products And and in order to really get the lift, you need a lot of resources and experience. So outside of just our robust product offering, right, and you know our experience in the space, we've had ten years to really define, you know, the manufacturing process, right. You know, we're not dabbling in non-QM. This is all we do is non-QM. So we're maniacally focused on making sure, you know, we're 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 a top tier, best in class investor, right, and so. Part of that also comes with resources and tools. So, for example, we have a scenario desk. Uh, you know, this month we'll see about three thousand scenarios, and you know, um, you know, for in that it's going to be an all-time record for for Deepave. And last month I think we were at twenty-one hundred. So we saw about a forty to fifty percent. We're going to see about a forty to fifty percent month-over-month deep or increase in scenarios. But that was that's taken. Let's call six months. Of introducing our products, educating the clients on the you know the scenario desk, you know educating them on the you know our 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 bank statement calculator for income, right? There's all these our white label marketing. Our we have about ten to twelve uh, modules webinars that we could do our flyers. So it you know non-QM you just don't pick it up, you know uh, you know the, you know you have to spend time. And dedicate time to be an ex an expert. And if you do, once again, people will line up to do business with you because you're that person in that market that that could uh, you know get deals done, and definitely gives you a competitive advantage in the marketplace.
1: So when we kind of look back over the past few years, like the, some of the dynamics that are supportive of opportunity non QM have existed for a bit. But like early in COVID, we saw like a massive retrenchment in non QM. We saw some headline failures. Um, we've also seen some folks keep their foot on the gas. So like, what are some of the market dynamics that we learned about over the last three years that like made non QM or, or private capital in mortgage lending period uh, like a functional model and like, and has anything kind of evolved or changed as we've like navigated?
0: Yeah. So I think when COVID happened, right, you know, all financial markets were impacted not just the non-agency or non QM or private securitization market. I mean, all financial markets, you know, mortgage, you know, equities, international markets, you know, everything was disrupted. And what Deep Haven did early on, right, was, and those, And by the way, the non-agency space came back very, very quickly. And what Deep Haven did was built out piping outside of the securitization market to uh, all other exits outside of the securitization because you know the securitization market you know if it's wounded or suboptimal ha- like it's been in the last 14 months right or last year in January we stopped securitizing and we started uh, portfolioing and 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 have in working with our investors to provide a, a different exit outside of the securitization
1: market right. So if you're not securitizing, you have to either portfolio like you just mentioned or or whole loan sale or like what what else?
0: yeah, so so either you could securitize or you could aggregate and hold it on your balance sheet or you know if you have the balance sheet or you could aggregate it and or if you're working with a you know an investor that you could you know portfolio it into. Um, you know, our, our parent allows us to, you know, uh, we, we, have a, the ability to a- aggregate and port uh, certain products into the, you know, the, you know, the portfolio, but there's other, there's other avenues. So, you know, we, we, you know, quickly realize that outside of the securitization market, if you only had one exit, then you're, you're kind of putting yourself at risk. And we, we saw last year, uh, you know, some of our competitors, you know, that, you know, only relied on the securitization market, the aggregated loans, the market moved a, a, against them pretty quickly. And then they were sitting on loans that were underwater. And so, you know, it's, it's pretty much, you know, impacted a lot of the folks out there that just had, you were relying on the securitization market. So for us, you know, uh, once again, shout out to the capital markets team, they did a phenomenal job kind of navigating us through this this market and once again you know I think you know the deep Haven team you know and and the capital markets team has has done a phenomenal job there you know uh, uh, with 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 you know, navigating, you know, the, the volatile market.
1: Tom, my events team is going to kill me, but can I like live on air recruit one of your capital markets folks to join us for housing wire annual? We're, we're planning a lot of uh, capital markets and secondary content.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we, we, could, we, we could definitely, we'll, we'll hook you up. We got a, a great team and uh, we will we'll, we'll definitely, uh, you know, uh, get someone on that that panel for you.
1: Cool. We got like we got like six months out. We're like October in the Austin area. It'll be a housing wire annual, but uh we, we definitely need to get someone on to talk about how new pipes have been built. I mean, that's the I hate it when we have to cover like the negative, brutal news in mortgage lending. And the last few years has brought a lot of it and it's it's only but it's only bad when when the industry doesn't learn something and doesn't like improve operations, include improve tech, improve funding. It sounds like this is a scenario where d and your teams actually like saw some issues and fixed them.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, it was, it definitely gave us a competitive advantage the entire, let's call it last 14 months. Cause we've been able to pr- provide our clients with dependable, reliable liquidity. Uh, we honor, we have honored all our locks. We didn't pull any programs, And so, um, you know, definitely gave us a competitive edge. And in fact, when we talk to a lot of our clients and prospects, you know, they actually ask us, hey, you know, how are you executing? And we say, look, we have the ability to securitize, but that's not our only exit. We have these other exits and they feel comfortable that we just don't have one exit because if that exit goes away and we've seen it happen, it will happen again. You know, we... We did, you know, uh, we saw, you know, event this weekend, right? It was, it wasn't a credit event. It was more a rate event, you know, uh, you know, with the, you know, that the happened over the weekend, but, you know, just being able to be positioned and look, if you're a, a an IMB or a broker, you know, I highly recommend that you work with an investor that has the experience, that has the track record, that has the resources that you need. Because if if you have deals at the last minute, you know whether it's any type of deal, whether it's conventional, non-agency, june may, and you can't close, right? You're you're uh, you know that's your reputation at risk. That's you know the you know um, the uh, the borrower who's not going to be happy, right? So you, you got to make sure you're working with an investor that's going to be there for, with you for you for the long haul.
1: So, Tom, I know our, our newsrooms with James Kleiman, who leads the newsroom and Bill Conroy, who covers a lot of the secondary market and, and non qm news are, are always kind of looking for the best forecast and some of our, some of the different specialty areas of, of the housing market. So we always see the, the NBA numbers, but we don't get the chance to like, Zoom down into non QM too often. And over the past few years, we've gotten some forecasts from Deep Haven. We get pretty frequent forecasts from, from Angel Oak. Um, how do you, like, what's your approach to sizing up the opportunity in non QM? Like, do you, do you approach that from a, a units perspective, like a demographics perspective? Like, how, how do you think of the opportunity you have ahead of yourselves?
0: Well, we're we're bullish. Uh, We have some aspirational goals that are pretty large that we're working on a three to five year kind of plan, early stages of that. Um, You know, we we think that, you know, the agencies will continue to, you know, kind of, you know, uh, retract and take a risk off approach. Um, You know, we're, we think self-employed, the investors, uh, you know, uh, you know, there's a huge opportunity with self-employed and that kind of continues to grow. Uh, There's a major, group out there that's underserved right and um you know you know we we, we think the market's going to go two to three x in the next you know three years uh, once again you know 70 percent of the originators are not originating this product or haven't when they become aware and they know how to originate it and they, be, they become comfortable then you're going to see production take off and we're, i mean we're seeing it right now I, this this, pa- this month right will be a, a record lock month for us over the last three years, um, you know, uh, post COVID, and you know, we're coming off February where it's only been 19 business days, and uh, you know, January, you know, in December of last year, were kind of really slow months, and so we, we're really seeing uh, the velocity really pick up, and we're looking to grow. We're hiring account executives on the wholesale side and across the nation. Uh, we're we're adding a ton of customers. Once again, I think we've x our customer base in the last year and our counterparty risk team is a, is, is super busy so we're, we're we're busy right now and uh you know we're just heads down just trying to refine and improve our process and just to provide our customers with just best-in-class service and a best-in-class kind of offering and delivery and, and process
1: yeah I mean there's definitely some you know, advantageous dynamics that we talked about. So yeah, originators focusing more on non-QM because they're looking for the volume. Like that's a massive like opportunity itself. And then like, you know, look at the broader economy. Um, The Fed has, you know, not been shy about like pushing interest rates into a territory where we might have a job loss recession. And you have a job loss recession. Does that push more traditional W-2 type people into self-employment? Into into the gig economy. Um, the, one of the comments that that Kurt was making last week is disenchanted W2 employees with a couple hundred K in the bank going out to become real estate investors, like seeking to take control of their own um, wealth creation versus uh, you know, relying on what their parents may have relied on. So like there's some dynamics out there that can not only grow the market. So you kind of have like the growing market opportunity, but then also the market penetration opportunity to have an originators who are actually paying attention.
0: Yep, definitely. Uh, There's a lot of different trends that we follow and you know, that's why we're bullish Uh, In the market, even when COVID happened, you saw a lot more folks take on more jobs, two, three jobs, Uber drivers, you know, gig economy. And that's kind of picked up. And we saw, uh, you know, that 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 trend and we expect that trend to continue.
1: How do you uh, do you have a strategy for keeping originator attention? Like, let's say we have a scenario where we see interest rates pull back down. Into into the fives or maybe even the refi territory, uh, where the where the conventional and conforming opportunities are abundant. How do you keep originator attention on on the non-QM segment if they um, no longer have a hole to fill in their origination pipe?
0: Well, once see that that, that that all goes back to training, right? So if if they become comfortable and they're really good at what they do, they're they're going to enjoy originating non-QM, and especially if the manufacturing process and the delivery process, you know, is easy, then, you know, then they'll continue to do it. You know, there's some, you know, there's some misconceptions out there that, you know, non-QM is hard, right? You know, maybe certain investors are harder to deal with, you know, it's not their guidelines, it's hard to originate, you know, uh, where for us, we're an exception-based lender, there are guidelines, you know, close to 30% of our loans are done by exception. Uh, You know, we're once again, maniacally focused on really creating a best-in-class experience, you know, uh, meet and closing dates, you know, on time. Um, And so, you know, um, once again, when our clients are trained and, you know, once again, we have like 10 to 12 modules, when they have that expertise, you know, they just don't you know, forget about it and start originating other products. They continue to originate those products and then they'll continue to originate the normal you know, standard agency products. So if it's someone that's doing these by decline, not by design, then you know, they're going to go back to the agency and forget about 9QM. But, you know, we spend a lot of time with our clients to make sure that they become experts. And this is a part of their business, a major part of their business
1: by design not by decline is such a great phrase uh, I'm sure that's one you've used before it's the first time I've heard it I, I believe I, I like it I'm gonna I'm gonna grab onto that one so so Tom as we close out um, yeah it's been pretty like clear to me that Deep Haven has had their foot on the gas your foot on the gas in a, in a time that other people have been more cautious we saw about three weeks ago that your your company announced uh, the addition of a new chief operating officer to the team how are you thinking about uh like altering the executive team and then like different roles in the organization and growing certain roles strategically to kind of meet the market need and meet the education need and, uh, you know, potentially grow at a time when other folks in the market are retracting.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, uh, you know, yes. Our our new COO, Aaron Drago has just been a phenomenal addition, great team player, really, you know, started day one, really digging in and, you know, refining and improving, and you know look there's a lot of talent out there right uh you know some of our friends have been impacted unfortunately and you know we're looking to you know to bring on talent to help us you know you know become better and you know i think we're in a great position today uh and we're working on a lot of different projects and you know to to help us you know uh you know you know become you know the largest non kim investor out there and and the best one to work with so Uh, We're super excited and bullish around, you know, where we're at as an organization, where we're going. We have a lot of, you know, um, uh, 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 projects that we're working on that I think are going to move the needle and technology that we're working on. And um, once again, we're really bullish in the space and, uh, you know, exciting times ahead in the 9QM space.
1: Awesome, Tom. Thanks for sharing your time and expertise. Really enjoyed the conversation.
0: Appreciate it, Clayton. Take care.
1: Bam. Now that is a wrap of this week's episode of the Housing News Podcast. Do me a huge favor and go to iTunes and rate this show. And if you leave a comment, you better tune in next week because you might get a shout out. Thank you.